All right, welcome back to Queen Frost No Chaser Podcast. Yes, it has been a while, and I am back with Chapter 4 of 13 Things Simply Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin. So, I do want to apologize for um, a little bit of my tardiness. I have a lot going on, guys, but I am trying to be a little bit more consistent and, you know, my content and everything as well so bear with me so is anything like I say when I go into my episodes guys I will tell you this take what resonates with you leave what doesn't I'll say that again guys take what resonates with you and leave what doesn't so I want to lead off with this um, quote by Maya Angelou you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. And for me, that is a very powerful statement within itself. So we have to break this down real quick because I have so much with this chapter to cover, but I want to make sure things are explained as well. You know, in life, we have so many things that happen to us, a lot of things that are out of our control. And often, at times, depending on where we are with ourselves, we can allow them to break us down or um, really reduce us down to just being less than if we would just understand that there's some things in life that we cannot control. So, you know, I think in that narrative here, it's all about your perspective. Perspective is everything and how you um, will look at things. So, I want to talk about what one of the characters is a story. So, James, you know, he has his daughter. And, you know, the judge decided that the daughter was better off with his wife well that he is you know he has divorce and as you go along with the story he feels like everything that she does like it doesn't matter how little or how big it is everything that his ex-wife does as in what he does what she does for her daughter their child and whatever else he feels is a threat it's almost to make him look bad and as he goes down there, I mean, I'm just going through some of the story here and so that way I can get to my points for this chapter. So as we're going through reading this story, um, he begins to realize him trying to control everything what led to the divorce. He took, you know, it led to a lot of problems that they really, really had. And he would often get angry when, uh, say, the, mo- the mom took his daughter to this vacation spot the week before. And then when he got ready to take her, you know, the daughter says, well, mom took me last week. And that infuriated him. But the whole thing is, once he learned that a lot of things are not within our control. He learned, he figured this out. It took him some counseling. It took him some deep 
diving issues, looking into himself and his ways and his behavior to figure out that he was just as much as part of the problem. But now, I want to get into these notes because I think this is such a important um, chapter in in all aspects. It really is. So, keeping control of everything. So, everybody feels... Like, keeping control of everything is just the thing to do. And also, guys, if you hear the storm, is storming here. So, if you hear that in the background and maybe a little bit of other noise, that's fine. Um, but, it sounds appealing to think you can control everything, but it's unrealistic. Because there's just so many problems that come with trying to dictate and control everything for everybody it leads to a lot of backlash it's it's so many problems with that it's comfortable at first until it's not you know um and maybe some people the beginning of having to control things started from traumas or certain things that didn't happen from them in their past and that is a possibility but let's just examine some points real quick and if this resonates with you you know this is just something to kind of think about you know to reflect on um so one thing you gotta ask yourself do people consider you a control freak or do they call you a control freak like you have to be in control of everything you have to dictate everything and you override what everybody else is trying to tell you instead of listening and trying to take in other opinions or even so much, even within the sense of decisions, maybe it's a vacation, maybe it's how things are going to run around the house, maybe it's responsibilities. Um, it could be so many things, but if somebody has ever come and told you that, hey, I feel like maybe you're being a bit of a control freak and you can calm down a little bit, like I'm here to help. But that initial thing in your head is, I have to be in control. I have to be in control, which is really not a healthy mindset. So if anybody ever said that to you, take a moment, step back, and think about a moment someone has ever said that to you. What was the, the situation? What was the behavior maybe you displayed at that point in time when this comment was made? Um, and... Was there any was, was there any truth behind their statement? The other thing is, okay, has anybody ever told, I mean, not so much told you, but do you have this um, mindset that you alone, single-handedly, are the only person capable of fixing things? So this could pertain to a household where you have one person who just does everything. They refuse to allow other people to assume roles in the house um, or anything else. You know, and maybe somebody said, let me help you. And then you say, maybe I got this myself. I don't need any help. I've, you, you know, whatever the narrative or the conversation probably was, okay? Ask yourself this. 
what makes you think that you are single-handedly the only person that can fix things or can help do things um, around you? Or um, what gave you this idea that if I, you know, I can control everything because I'm the only person that can single-handedly fix everything. And... Come back to a situation, think to a situation yourself where maybe this situation or this thought process has been true to you. What were the emotions? What were the situations? What, um, who were the people involved? What was their input? How did you react to it? And once again, come back to the same conclusion. What is there, was there any truth to what they are saying or how you believe also the biggest thing also is you know I think there's a lot of people in life who feel as if they have everything together they don't have to ever ask for help and when they do it is like the most mind-numbing thing for them to do it's almost painful so has there ever been an instance where asking for help has been very uncomfortable for you because in your mind, you feel like I've been maintaining, I've been on top of my game since day one, and now maybe I need a little help, but now I'm very uncomfortable asking because I've been doing and controlling everything on my own. You know, I don't understand why I'm feeling like this. Well, I could break that down a little bit for you. Often people that like to be control freaks that they've been in control of everything for such a long time. When it comes time to needing help, one, you got to think. It is the aspect of I've been controlling of everything, even the people around me. So when they did offer help, I rejected it. And I belittled them for even just even giving me the notion that I need them, I need their help, I need them to do anything for me. That if I do ask, you know, they're going to throw this situation back in my face. They're going to um, tell me no. So go back in your head in a moment. This is just a, These are just moments of self-reflection here, guys. This is not to bring up and dredge up bad memories. This is a situation for you to step back and evaluate certain scenarios in your head that may have happened to you. Um, think of a situation where maybe you have been in control. Maybe you have had everything on lock for a long time, but now you're at a point where you're either you're worn down or you're tired or you just need the help. And now it's so painful. It's uncomfortable. It's almost delusional to think that you should be able to ask anyone for help when you've seemingly never seemed to need it. What's the situation where this moment has arise, arisen for you? What's um, the feeling that you get? Like... When you have, when you feel like this is something that you have to do, but you don't know how to approach it, you don't know what to say, you don't have the words, it, it's so perplexing. What is it that you are scared of, of asking for it? 
But most of all, reflect on the fact, why do you feel like you have to do everything on your own? Because I'm going to tell you this, and this is just a personal narrative for me. We cannot do life alone without help somewhere along the way. And I want to, you know, break up somebody's uh, brain function. If you somebody's already told you you don't need nobody to make it through life, they lie to you. Everybody in life has needed help. Of some way, some kind, one way or another. So if anybody ever told you, you don't need nobody to help you do nothing. You got this on your own. They're lying to you. Because every single person on this planet has had to have help at one point in their life. Maybe more. They've had to have assistance. They've had to have help. They've had to help people step in. And bridge some gaps. So don't ever let these have these people that's up here lying to you thinking that they've never ever had help a day in their life. That's just like a saying a CEO never needed help. First of all, yeah, a CEO can be the biggest person in the company. Okay, that's they're the they're the very top top, and they're they're taking care of the business. They're negotiating. They're handing down the paychecks and the laws and stuff like that. But I have not ever one time in my time on this earth seen a CEO that didn't need help. Because CEO, he knows his position. So he knows if I have a facility, I need, I'm going to need help. I'm going to need people to keep my building clean. He's not going to go down there and try to do it himself all the time. Now he might pitch in, but at the same time he knows that there's a position for everybody to play. Just something to think about. So, guys, I just want to tell you this. Don't ever let anybody fool you into believing at some point in time you'll never need help. It's a lie. And they're not telling the truth. So, let's go into my next point here. So, why is it that we try to control everything? Now, there's several scenarios. They're very... um, much a lot of scenarios for this and there are some psychological clinical terms for this but I'm going to leave that for you to read when you go pick up this amazing read so one of the things I'm going to tell you one of the things that normally these things stem from so trying to control everything usually most often stems from trying to manage your anxiety level so it's This anxiety level. And if you know anything about anxiety. It doesn't work like panic attacks. Like when you just automatically. A panic attack it just happens. And you're just in that moment right then and there. Anxiety builds up and it builds up. And it builds up. And it just builds up over time. Until you're in that whole moment of panic. Of worrying. So often. Trying to control everything. Comes from an extent of worrying about everything. Is this done? Did I do this right? You know, oh my goodness, did I forget to cook dinner? Did I turn the stove off? I'm sure every woman or anybody that cooks has had that moment where they cut everything off. But in the back of their mind, they think, well, let me stop back again and make sure I turned that off. But a lot of it stems from trying to manage their anxiety, think you can control everything. And here's the problem with that. When you're sitting up there trying to control everything, thinking you are managing your anxiety, 
like I just stated, anxiety is different from having a panic attack. There's anxiety attacks and there are panic attacks. Anxiety attacks, these are things that build up a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time until it just wreaks havoc. It comes to this breaking point to where now you're in this moment of panic and you're worrying and you don't know what to do. And stuff like that. So where you think you're trying to control the thing. And you think you're managing your anxiety that way. No you're building up your anxiety. And it's only going to be a matter of time. Before you actually snap or break from it. So it's okay not to be in control. All the time. It's okay to uh, delegate responsibility. So that way you are not taking on so much stress. So much anxiety. So much pressure. And often we have these people, because I know I probably used to be one um, really back in the day, where every time I seen somebody hurt, I just felt the need to go help them and fix them. Like, you have these people that connect with people who have the need to fix other people or fix things, you know. And a lot of this is the desire to fix everything stems from the superhero complex. We want to be the one to fix everything. We feel like we have the ability to fix everything and everyone we come in contact with. But often that is so far from the truth. Because you got to think, while we're going through this motion of trying to control things, there's something within us that we need to focus on. There's some things with us that we need to actually fix so the idea of this superhero complex is almost the biggest lie in itself because here's the facts and it's the biggest fact of all for some people it's easier to want to go fix somebody else than look at the fact and see that there's something there's a flaw there's something they need to work in within themselves Because it's more painful to look at yourself in the mirror and recognize I need there's some growing to do. There's some work I need to do. Instead, we go and fix every other situation and fix everybody else, but we neglect to try to work on ourselves. But it it stems from that superhero complex. We want to be that person, like we just that good that we can just fix everybody. But yet. The same people with the superhero complex are the same ones that walk around broken, hurt. Um, They're carrying around all these traumas. They, They can have the biggest smiles, the biggest hearts. But deep down inside, they have some fixing to do. They have some work to do on themselves. And for them, doing the work is almost like too much. But let me tell you guys. If you are in that boat, it's not too much to do that work on yourself. Because here's the fact. While you sit there thinking that you are fixing everything else for everybody and fixing everybody else. You can't really fix anybody else until you are capable of fixing you. You see what I'm saying? And it's not to, you know, saying what you're doing isn't going to work. It's just saying it's unrealistic in the, the streamlined way that you're doing it. Now, let's go into what are the pro- what are you know the problem with wasting energy on things that you can't control. The fact is, like I've always said in life, there's some 
things that are controllables and you have uncontrollables. Like you can't control the weather, but you can control what temperature, you know, your thermostat is in your house. Because, you know, you can go in there and turn it to whatever you want to. But you can't go try to do whatever you want to with the weather because that's not in your control. It's often that you can't uh, control what anybody's going to do because at the end of the day, the only person that you are in control of or responsible for is yourself. They are responsible for them. You can't be responsible or in control of how anybody thinks, how they operate, or anything else. Often in times, you know... Managing your anxiety means having better management of your environment. You can have a little bit control of your environment than what you can in situations at times. So it's about understanding that. So number one, I want to get to this point and it's so important. Trying to maintain complete control leads to increase in your anxiety. So what I was saying before where you want to control everything. It's just trying to have complete control builds up your anxiety and increases it. It increases it. And eventually, mentally, you have a breakdown. Psychologically, you have a breakdown. Emotionally, you have a breakdown. And I have seen people crash under the pressure of anxiety because they are taking are wanting to take on complete control of everything and it's too much. And it shouldn't ever be that way for anybody. But that's the only thing you're doing. If you want to try to control everything and you wonder why you're snapping out and you're so angry and everything that anybody says to you offends you and and it could just be something simple. It can be a simple comment and you'll find fault in it. You'll start judging whatever they're saying harshly. Like, well, I don't think you should... No, you are increasing your own anxiety level trying to do that. So at some point in time, if you can do that, take a, take a moment, you know, a day, an hour, 15 or 30 minutes, whatever your free time is in within your day. Take a step back and look at your day. What have I tried to control that it's not in my control. What have I done today that has probably made it seem like I'm a very controlling person? What was the thought process behind some of my behavior today? Was it for the greater good or was it just because I feel like I can do everything better on my own? So step back and just evaluate yourself just a little bit after the day, even if it's 15 minutes out your day, because that's how you keep yourself in check. And I'm going to tell you this. If you're trying to control everything, it is a waste of time and energy. It's a waste of time. It's like the biggest waste of time and energy. So all that energy and time you could have been putting into something controllable. You've wasted it trying to control some things that you never had an ounce of control or say-so in in the first place. So really, and I'm going to tell you this. People don't understand this. Energy, 
we can gain our energy back. We The energy that we put out, that's not something we can get back, but we can rejuvenate our energy. Time is not something that you can pay to get back. It's not something that's going to be returned to you. It's just like that breath I just took. That's some time gone that I cannot get back. It's done. It's happened. So it's a complete waste of energy focused on these uncontrollable factors that you, in the first place, unbeknownst to your mind, you've never had a option. You've never had control of or any say-so of in the beginning. Even though in your head you felt like you did, but you really didn't. Um, and for people that, you know, I I know like I have family. I'm big on family. I am big on friendships. Um, just my individual relationships with everybody that I tend to have and I tend to have around me in my life. Okay. Let me tell you, if you want to damage any of friendship, marriage, family, uh, family relationship, a business relationship, whatever it is that you have with people, try trying to control everything because people will get tired of you. The fact that you can't allow them to help you, you can't let them be them, and you want to control everything, that can trying to control everything is one surefire way to make sure you lose everything. And it does a lot more damage than you really think. So, now if you really want to be honest, the biggest issues that cause divorces is a lot of time is finances, is financial. Um, And the biggest thing I would say is being unequally yoked and married to somebody that you just should have never been with in the first place, but they fitted that criteria, so you went with it at a time. But most of all, it's besides infidelity and all this other stuff, and not communication, not spending time, and other things, amongst other things, is trying to be manipulative and controlling. So if you want to find the quickest way to a divorce court, be controlling. See how long. Somebody might stick around with you long enough, but eventually they will walk out. Because at the end of the day, any type of friendship relationship or whatever type of relationship it is for you in your life, you have to understand. You are in control of your part that you play in it, just as they are in control of their part. You cannot control their actions. You cannot dictate what they do and how they do things. You may not always like what they do. But the whole thing is, you don't have the right to control anybody or the friendships. Because at the end of the day, I feel like when you're coming down to friendships, everybody, it's like a stage. It's like, um, I used to be, uh, I used to work in theater. So, and when we did these scripts... All the time. You know, there were several different characters that they had different personalities. And every single one of them fit a certain role within the story plot of the character's life. Um, and I'm going to tell you, 
that's much how life is. No, it is not a play. I'm not even going to even emphasize on that. But everybody in your life plays a certain role. Their character is their character for a reason. They Everybody has a certain um, something that they bring to the table. And it's always going to be different from everybody else. So when you are so busy trying to control and make people into who you want them to be, instead of accepting and trying to work with them, you will often find yourself damaging your, your these friendship relationships, your marriages, your uh, whatever type of whatever you have going on, that you'll damage it to the point of no coming back. And then when you realize it and you recognize that, oh, this was my fault. I blame them for everything. And that's one of the signs and factors of trying to control everything. You blame. It's always the pointing the finger in somebody. And then the whole fact and you realize if I had to let them just step in and take some control, we wouldn't be here. But the point is, when you realize people are who they are, you cannot control that. And if you let people play the role in their life that they are there to play, you will be better off. Now, there are certain things within these um, arenas that you do not have to accept. But at the same time, you do not have the right to tell them who to be, how to be, or anything else. That's not what you do with the people that you love. So often those are the major things that will wreck any type of relationship you have with people. So the important thing is developing a balanced sense of control. Okay, so what is that? So it's developing a balance. It's not always trying to have control of everything because you never will. So... One thing is to understand how the behaviors that you might be exuding is affecting the chances of you being successful. So if there if you are trying to become this big top business owner or you know you're trying to really get this guy or this um girl to really settle down with you but you keep going out doing dumb stuff, childish stuff or you're just not thinking in the way that you should be for this to be successful, you know, that falls on you a lot. That's what it will do. So you have to understand what behaviors, and this is another thing too, that you can reflect on your day-to-day life. What behaviors do I reflect on a daily basis? So what is it, what's the impression that I give out on a day-to-day basis on with the people that are around me or um, the people that I work with or my family or my friends. What is it that I exude to them? And how has this behavior affected my relationships with these people and my situations? Has it been good? Has it been bad? Has it been healthy? What's the ratio? And often you got to think. How has, is my behavior going to get me anywhere in the long run or do I need to change? So there's just so many narratives in this to, you know, think about. So sometimes step back and just evaluate a little bit. It doesn't hurt any. Um, so the best other thing is to, 
once you step back and you start, you know, looking at your behavior and just examining yourself a little bit. And I don't mean trying to persecute others and stuff like that. No, step back after the situation, examine yourself. Yourself, not your spouse, not your best friend, not your mother, uh, not your business partner, not um, just somebody you know from down the street, yourself. So what you're trying to identify, what are the external factors that I can identify that might make me want to be this controlling person? What are the external factors? What are these external things that happen on the outside that drive me to wanting to be controlling? And then you got to think, what can I do to stop it? What can I do to step in and bring a hope to this? Because if it's hurting me, I need to figure out another way to not be reduced by it. Also, you know... The other thing to identify is your internal factors. What are the internal factors within yourself that cause you to want to be controlling? So when I say internal factors, it could be emotional. It could be mental. It could be um, easily. It can be traumas that you went through as a child and instead of getting help for them, you internalize them so much that this is a part of the reason you want to control. What in what are the internal factors, or should I say, let's say, what are the emotions that make you want to be in control? What are some of the um, situations that make you want to be in control? And a lot of times, people with PTSD have this need to want to be in control. Because for them, getting into certain situations caused them to get in to this mode where I have to be in control. It's like an over and never ending nightmare. So is it, do you have any childhood traumas? Is there some things that you have been holding on to that you need to let go of? Most of all, I think the common thing that people find out with themselves, there's a lot of healing. And I mean deep, deep healing honest healing that needs to happen within themselves so that way they can move on and they don't they realize they don't have to be controlling i don't have to control other people i don't have to do this or that or other to other people for me to be successful for me to have a happy life for me to not have this high anxiety this stress or everything that i walk around me on a daily basis because of me not realizing that there's a deep-seated issue happening here so just reflect you might find out some things that you've buried you might have found some things that you try your hardest to just not think about but these are some things that you should. Another thing that I cannot um, tell you enough. That would definitely be identifying your fears. Okay. Because sometimes control is fear driven. So a lot of us. So some people. If they fear people leaving them. They'll try to control them to the point of. Out of that fear of somebody, the possibility of somebody leaving someone, they will do certain things. They will act a certain way. They will control things in a certain way so that way 
they they won't leave necessarily the way that you you know that they want to they might accept your stuff for a little while until they leave that controlling nature but innately it does not help you so a lot of times trying to control completely everything comes from fear it's just like a ceo of a company and i'll go back to that a ceo of a company or a business owner they feel that they will feel the need to control everything because maybe they fear fear failure that they're going to fail if they make certain decisions or they let you know certain people step up to take care of something that they feel like they're the only person that can do it sometimes that fear can be and I've and I've seen it before where people fear like really letting people in because maybe deep down during some point in their life they've been hurt a lot people have took advantage of them they fear letting other people in even though this the person might have proven to them that they are more than trustworthy enough to be there but they let this fear of, if I let you in, you're going to hurt me like everybody else. You put everybody in that same box. It's a fear that causes that controlling nature for you to be either comes off aggressive, standoffish, uh, not a people person. I mean, whatever the situation really, really may be. So it's up to you to evaluate these things, guys. And you really, really have to identify these fears so that way you can get a control a lock on your fears and that way you can figure out what is a healthy way for me to react to my fears and how do I face my fears and how do I conquer them in a way to where I'm not damaging my relationships I'm not um driving myself out of my mind trying to do it what are some healthy ways that I can do this so that way I can be better because if I act this way it doesn't qualify me as being mentally strong. It's kind of a weak move. And it really is when you go into that mode. So it's up to you to kind of discern and figure out what is going to be the healthiest way for you to deal with these fears. And often, um, they, so I went to the therapy for a while myself, and they have something I must call exposure therapy. So a lot of exposure therapy, guys, let me tell you, it's exposing the patient or the client or challenging to expose themselves to that fear time and time and time and again. So as the more they get exposed to this fear, they're less scared of it. It doesn't bother them so much. And they gain some healthy sense of how to deal with it. But it's not for everybody or the faint of heart. You know, they'll work you up to it gradually. But I've figured that that is like probably one of the best therapy measures because a lot of time people will do everything and anything to avoid facing their fears, um, whatever they may be, just so they don't have to not to deal with it. But the fact is, when you go and you face your fears and you figure out how to healthy, of a sense, way to deal with them, the healthier your life is, the healthier your relationships are, the healthier your success is. It's so many things to this, guys. It's I can go on. 
And the top thing definitely is focus on what you can control. Now, what are your controllables, guys? Okay, your controllable is what your actions. You can control that, right? Um, you can control how you respond. Um, maybe control uh, what you can control is your schedule. Because maybe if you have a certain uh, lifestyle and you have a routine and you have a schedule, you have very much control over that schedule. Um, Living in your own home and stuff like that, you can somehow, to a certain degree, control, have a little bit of control over your environment. In a way, you can control who you choose to bring around you and who you entertain. So you have to understand... Focusing on what you can control versus what you can't. Because when you're focused on stuff that you can't, you're really wasting your time on things that really do and can require your attention. So a big common thing I have to tell people, learn to influence people without trying to control others. Okay. Now, it's the thing that people can be influential. If you look at YouTube influencers, um, Instagram influencers, um, life coaches, these are all influencers. So it is possible to be a influencer and be and have some sense of control that way. But the whole thing is not to control. You can be persuasive. Be you and be persuasive. Not in a controlling sense. Because sometimes, some people have the gift of gab. They can talk. Like, they know certain things and they can talk about certain things. Or they can, um, trying to influence others is almost not, it's not manipulating other people. So, let's just put that out there. Trying to influence others is not manipulating other people believe to believe in the way that you believe. Okay? That's not it at all. Like, that's so wrong if that's what you think it is. Influencing can be just bonding with people over experiences and being able to give advice on maybe something that happened to you that happened to them, and you know, you can compare notes. And maybe influencing others, just being able to sit there and talk. Some people can talk and come in just their speech, just their overall statements can get them that attention, that influence, that they they know what they're talking about. So it's so many ways to go about that, guys. So I want to trouble go to this uh, troubleshooting and the common traps, okay? So with trying to control everything, there are certain very obvious traps. And a lot of people do not know that, but there are. So, and these are some excerpts from the book. Excerpts, sorry. From the book. And I am citing this, so nobody can say this is plagiarism. I'm not taking this my own. This is cited from the book, okay? So, and I think this statement is very important right here. When you focus on what's not what's wrong with the world without looking at how you control your attitude and your behavior, you'll find yourself stuck. Instead of wasting energy 
trying to prevent a storm, focus on how you can prepare for it. So, and that using a storm is a very, very awesome narrative, guys. It's just like um, any storm. You know, we can say what's wrong with the world all day long. But if our minds aren't keen on focusing on this is what's going this is what's happening this is kind of the problem right now how do i prepare for it so if you know that there is a um, tornado coming at some point and you've heard the alarm and stuff like that and while you're sitting there stuck in this mode of wanting to try to well if i could just something's wrong with this world because we shouldn't you look that doesn't help the fact that there's a tornado coming and, you know, you'll have people who are very knowledgeable. You'll see these things across the TV or you'll hear them on a little radio or something. And they'll tell you, well, such and such in this county, there's going to be a tornado. Um, and, you know, if whatever, go down to the lowest part of the basement, stay away from windows, stuff like that. Um, during that time, while you're getting out of together, you could be, while you're focusing on what's wrong with the world, you could have water, you can have some food down there, you can make sure everybody is getting in that household, is getting down to proper shelter level or to safe places in the house, that they will be safest during the storm, even yourself. But we have to think about that statement. So... And like I said, don't waste your time on thing on trying to prevent a storm. Trying to focus on how do you prepare. So what is helpful in the helpful points in this? Delegating tasks and responsibilities to others. This is why I tell you, you don't have to do everything yourself. You know, it's okay to delegate responsibilities to other people. And sometimes it's a thing of you have to give people a chance to prove themselves that they can do it. That's all. You know, asking for help when you need it. And it goes as it's don't ever feel ashamed to ask for help when you need it. Because at some point in time, like I said, if somebody lied to you and said you never would need help, they're the biggest liar there is. Because at some point in time, they needed help, but they probably never tell you. So don't be ashamed, embarrassed to ever ask for help once if it's needed. So what's also helpful, focus on solving problems that are within your control. You know? So maybe it's a light bill and you don't have the money right then, right away. You can call the light company and get called and say, well, I don't know how you can break down, have a whole huff puff and just go crazy. Or you can say, let me calm down. Okay, I don't have it all, but I know I'll have it in the next few days because I get paid in the next few days. Let me call the light company and get an extension on this bill. I might have like a little interest, but I know I get paid and I know I can handle it then. So let me take a measure so I can make my life a little easier. So... Also, keeping the emphasis on influencing others rather than controlling them. So, often people control influence and control as being the same thing. It really is not. Influence just means that you are able to jive and vibe with people like that on a level that you can be influential. They, 
your personality, your just who you exude to them can be influential. Controlling just is a nature that's just saying you're going to do what I say and say and do how I do and move how I move. And you're going to have the same work ethics that I'm going to tell you you're supposed to have. That's not how that works. There's a big difference. Um, so it's also about our thought process. So we have to be in the point of thinking balanced um, thoughts. You know, for what's within your control and versus what's not. So everything has to be balanced. And that within that balance is understanding, okay, I understand that I can't control that. But I can control this right here. So how do I prepare for this over here? I, this right here I can't control. But I'm going to prepare for that when it comes, to, when it gets time. But this is something I can control right now. So, and the biggest thing, not relying on yourself for the entire outcome, okay? When you're relying on yourself for the entire outcome, that's like a complete burnout. And then you wonder why you are not the most friendliest of people and you're just not in the best of mood. So, that's what I'm saying. All of these things can fit together so that way you're not completely just relying on yourself, for an entire outcome because an outcome if you let's see an example an outcome might be something that you might say for a relationship the outcome of that relationship does not just fall within on one person it takes two people for things to fall apart you know regardless if it's not holding the other person accountable or it's the other person ignoring somebody holding them accountable you see what i'm saying that's just i use that as a example cuz that's like the quickest and easiest one to give you so you got to think in every situation and there is every situation the outcomes it's just like you're in a job and you're on a team project you're on a team so the failure or the success of this project solely does not fall on you. It is definitely based on how well everybody's working together. Are they pushing? Are they doing their part that they play in this project? Not just falling on you. So guys, it's okay. Now what's definitely not helpful, and this is some, I don't ever recommend these. One thing that's really not helpful, especially if you are a you have a superhero complex, insisting on doing everything because you feel like nobody else can do any of any of it right or do it right to begin with. That does not help at all. So, you know, let's try to ditch the superhero complex because it's something you can't fix everything on your own you can't do everything on your own and especially thinking in the context that my way is better than everybody else's and it works better and it's more successful and i lead you with this saying there's more than one way to skin a cat okay it really is there's more than one way to do something instead of it just being your way and your way is correct Uh, what's also not helpful, choosing to do everything on your own because you think you should be able to accomplish everything without help. 
Look, um, and this is so true, and it's so true in the business world, guys. Um, there's a lot of people who are building businesses. They feel like they have to do it on their own. They can do it on on their own, everything. And a lot of times, they'll have business partners, and they're right there to try to help them. Well, let me help. I'm the business partner, so let me help me delegate something to me. Let me help you do something. And what they often do, they think, well, I'm the only person I have to do this on my own because I'm the only one capable of accomplishing it. No, you're not the only one capable. Because a lot of times when you think you do everything on your own, you run into so many pitfalls. I'm going to tell you, um, you run into so many mistakes because you burn out trying to do everything on your own. So all this time while you pushing, pushing on your own, you got help right there to help you. Instead of saying, hey, I need help and you want to do everything on your own, you are more liable to make mistakes and miss details that you really shouldn't miss, especially if you are in business. So, And I use a business sense because I am a business-minded person. So, guys, I just want you to understand it is okay. It's okay that you don't, some things don't make sense, or some things feel like you're just better off doing things on your own and no help. It's not. We none of us make it alone in this world, okay? Because if we made it alone in this world, you know that job you got that Mr. Charlie that sits behind that desk in that uh, company, the one that's paying you your paycheck every two weeks or by week or have you get paid? You wouldn't need their help to get you a paycheck. You wouldn't even need nobody to interview you. So that way they can see if you qualified enough to even get a paycheck from them. You know, it's just one of those things. And the biggest thing is people don't force people to try to do what do things that you feel like they should be doing regardless, you know, and neglecting how they feel. You can't force people into certain things and doing certain things and acting certain ways. Now, the, the one person that you can't say that you are in control of is you. You and you alone. You are in control of those are your controllables. There's certain those are just ultimate controllables, but there are other controllables. But people controlling other people is, is just not one of those things. So guys, I just want to impress upon you. It's okay if you don't have everything figured out. It's okay. Like if control has been an issue, it doesn't have to always be an issue for you. You know, it's okay to step back. It's okay to figure things out. It's okay to figure out why you behave and why you do certain things and how is it costing me? How is it affecting my everyday life? It's okay to do that. So I hope chapter four has helped you. It has enlightened you. It has taken, you have taken some good things away from this. And as I said in the beginning, 
please take what resonates with you and leave what doesn't. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned because episode coming up will be chapter five. So look forward to bringing you guys some good, healthy information and just some more just everyday life conversations, guys. Peace out. Queen Frost loves you.